Welcome to the survival podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survive clubs so you don't have to. And this week we did a poll on Twitter to decide our new episode and the hands down winner was uh, now the most acclaimed uh, TV show in the history of IMDb and the events that inspired it, Chernobyl. Uh, and I'm I am Comrade Shane. Oh, and I'm Comrade Johnny. Done that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's going to be new listeners. So I, I'm Johnny. I'm Shane. But yeah, we put to a, a vote on Twitter and I think it had 48% of yeah. the votes went to it in the end. And there was three other options, so 48 is quite... I can't even remember what the other options are now because uh, we've just been talking about Chernobyl speed. for so long. John Wick uh, and poof, I can't remember what the it's just Keanu Reeves based on all of them. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say I think it was just the Keanu I was gonna say the Matrix but oh Child's Play oh yeah uh, Speed was actually surprisingly the the second choice yeah, yeah. but it's still like 17% yeah so on this episode we're gonna talk about the series obviously that uh, finished a few weeks back and we're gonna break down what actually happened we'll do a bit of a timeline assuming that like some people listening to this will just be listening because it's about a historic event and may yeah. not have watched the series but obviously the series does a far better timeline if you want to see an, an exact timeline just watch the series but we'll go into it a bit yeah and uh, i guess we'll talk about some of the the facts versus reality or facts versus reality that's a, that sounds yeah. like a 1984 line facts uh, versus reality uh, but facts versus that, that's fiction. what it is it's facts versus yeah, reality yeah. Johnny. And if we have time, maybe like some of the conspiracy theories, or at oh, least yeah. one. But uh, yeah, so that's basically what we're going to talk about. We're almost seventy episodes in, and I think that's the first time we I, I done the classic broadcasting rule of telling people what you're going to talk about. To, oh yeah, so as to <laughs> stay listening. Because yeah. why is it like most uh, half of all new listeners to a podcast, or I think what anything, tune out in the first thirty seconds? Wow, uh, you have to grab them in the first thirty seconds. Which I I think we done by like forgetting to introduce ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but first uh, we got some reviews recently. Uh, we keep requesting them, and a few people, and I do only mean a few, <laughs> uh, actually review us. But uh, so if you're one of those people, thanks very much. If you're not, I mean, why not? Why not? Well, I was gonna say um, everything is fine. And we're getting loads of reviews. We're the number one most popular podcast in the whole world. Uh, we have millions and millions of listeners. And that's the truth. <laughs> and I'm sticking to <laughs> That's the report that I have written. I've handed that up to my superiors. And they've agreed that that is the state of things. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't and we're really good, for, and we're really good for uh, responding to mail. Yeah, every every message we get on Facebook is replied to almost instantly. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> and you don't need to contact us on Twitter or Discord because Facebook is absolutely it's where, it's, yeah. where it's at. But seriously, yeah, we're I, I don't think I've replied to a message there in months, and there's a few yeah. sitting in the inbox. I'll either get to them eventually or we might just do a mailbag episode just because that way we can just like it's easier to like sit yeah. here and just reply to everything. That's a good idea. We should do a mailbag episode actually. Yeah. Um, Sitting down and just typing out. But if, if you do want to engage with us and talk to us uh, join our Discord. Um, yeah. That's... There you will because we actually get proper notifications on our phones on yeah, and <laughs> it's just not Facebook. I'm never on Facebook. I don't have yeah. my own Facebook anymore so like yeah. I have no reason to really check mail there. I only go on Facebook now when it's to post a link for the podcast. Yeah. Is... And at that point, I've just finished and editing it, so I'm not really, like, 
in the mood to reply to messages. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Discord and Twitter is the best place to reach us. But anyway, we'll get into the uh, show itself. So uh, when did you when did you finish the series? Uh, this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how, how many episodes did you like have to finish? Was it just the one or two? I'd watch first okay. three, and then I had two to get through, and. I got through one and a half last night and it was like 2am and I was like, I'm going to bed. And I had about right. 20 minutes on the end of the episode, I think, this morning and I watched it while eating my breakfast. Because so. <laughs> right. um, I just decided, oh, I'm just going to go to bed now. There's no rush. I can watch this. Yeah, morning, yeah. You know? um, where the, a couple of nights ago, I stayed up really late, like getting through the first three episodes because I was like, oh, we're recording really soon. I got to get through these. And um, It's funny, I found the first one a bit slow and then the second episode, I was just like, I'm all in. You know, mm. I really, really went for it. Like you enjoyed it in overall, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a really good series. Yeah, um, and like a, a perfect length. I, we need more like five episode yeah, series, not perfect. even six, just five. Perfect. Yeah, five or six. I no, think six is fine. But yeah, like, yeah. I like that they were just because like a lot of the time they round it off to six for yeah. a mini series or eight. Yeah, I think I think six. No, five was perfect for this, but six is probably the ideal number for any kind of miniseries yeah, yeah. it's uh, the way they should have done all the like the netflix marvel shows instead of them being 13 and they all stretched oh, yeah, out yeah. storylines and stuff like a lot of shows like that. some of them Six. could have been three yeah um like season two of the punisher could, that could have been three episodes or should have been not, i think i've watched been. all but the last two episodes because i haven't actually watched it i just all, stopped caring yeah there's a few shows like that, like American Horror Story. I always thought that yeah. should just be like a six episode sort of. Because like, that's a show where I watch the first six episodes of every season. Oh, yeah. And it, like, I don't know if I've ever completed a season of it because yeah, I just yeah. get sick of it. Oh, I might have completed, I think I completed the cult season. Oh, right. It was kind of inspired by the, the Trump election. Oh, right. And I the, recently watched the first episode of the very first season. And by the end of that, I was like, eh. <laughs> It was just very mediocre horror TV. Yeah. Like it was kind of, uh, I guess it was kind of unique when the, fir- the first season was unique in its time because like it's 10 years old now. I was going to say that, yeah, yeah. Where I recently watched um, Hunting a Hill House. And uh, that was great. Yeah, that was, I loved that. The best uh, series of TV brilliant. from last year. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, it so well made. Uh, but um, Chernobyl might be the best. One for this year. Yeah. yeah. And like a lot of people reckon the best of all time. I, I won't agree with that. But no. it it was fantastic, and yeah. what's amazing about it is it was written by uh, Craig Mason. Yeah, do you know? Are no. you familiar with his work? No, not at all. I didn't. Oh, I should look at any of his IMDb. Scary Movie Three. Okay, yeah. Scary Movie Four. Uh, superhero Movie. Oh, The Hangover Part Two. Identity Thief. I don't know what that is. So, but uh, yeah, he done he, all the spoof as all a writer, the, all the terrible spoof movies. Wow. Yeah. And then he creates Chernobyl. Well, I don't know if he creates it. But he wrote it. That's um, bonkers. Well, he, I, I guess he, he's the showrunner as well. Yeah, just he, saying create. He had good source material, material story. I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, it um, just shows that like he was just paying the bills. <laughs> it just yeah, shows that yeah. there's nothing wrong with just... Fucking. It doesn't mean he's not a creative person it's and a, a good writer. It's, it's, a, it's very much a, like a sort of a technical craft. A lot of people... Yeah. It's not like authoring a novel no it's... nobody really writes a novel for well there are hack novelists i guess but yeah. 
you were leaving that down very careful. So I oh, know, and then realized our mics aren't attached to that yeah. table. Sorry. <laughs> he uh, does a podcast with John August. Uh, John August is another screenwriter who you did definitely like. He he writes like a lot of Tim Burton stuff. Yeah, he writes a lot of like big studio films that aren't written by a committee. Oh, okay. You yeah. Know, when when he he's like the the studio writer. Yeah. That writes shit on his own. Wow, that's rare. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays. And, like, there's a lot of stuff, like, I think Reese he wrote, I think Dumbo was, I don't know, not, what's a big film from this year? Yeah, not, Dumbo was one of them, or was the Yeah, end? I don't think, oh, Aladdin, I think he's, he wrote Aladdin, but then, like, once it came to the stages where to start to do rewrites and bringing in people, he yeah. was just like, well, that's not how I do things, so he was just gone. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so they do a really good podcast about screenwriting yeah um and but, stuff that's interesting to screenwriting. that's kind of like i comment i thought you'd like you sent me that thing it was the thing with granny paltrow on chef, oh, chef yeah. show yeah, yeah and i thought the exact same thing because i was like classic hollywood back in like the 40s 50s 60s all the big actors like Cary grant and yeah uh gene or um all the, gene kelly all those kind of guys they all were just contracted by the studio so they were just working like a nine to five full-time yeah, yeah, yeah. job went into work every day and you were just in a movie and you were just told to be in like you had to be very different so you could literally walk out of a set at like three o'clock and you go into the next studio and you're in another movie yeah and you're filming again for another couple of hours and so to the point where they they actually couldn't tell what they were on no no you're just working full time. You're just owned by the studio, and you're told where to stand and to act. And here's a song. Uh, you're going to record it live in half an hour. Learn the lyrics. Like that was, yeah, the, yeah. that was the kind of shit they. Did. And it seems like that's a bit like how Marvel is operating now, like Marvel Studios. The fact that Gwyneth Paltrow didn't know she was in Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of good actors, oh, yeah, the cast of Chernobyl oh, is amazing. Brave. You know the the kid who has like killed all the dogs. Stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. Irish. He's from Dublin. That yeah, actor. yeah. I was looking he's him in up. loads of um, he's in loads of Irish movies. And stuff. Yeah, well, he's in like um, he's in like Dunkirk as well. Yeah, and... I I thought um, that was the story I liked the least because I thought there was too much of that story. I thought it was a nice thing to point out, but I want I want I thought it was more important to see more people suffering rather than just these guys have to kill dogs. Mm, you do like seeing people suffer. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, well, I, I just thought that was more important. I than... quite like that episode. No, th- th- that story, like... Yeah, uh, yeah. It reminded me of... Uh, you've watched Band of Brothers, I assume. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of the episode that just focuses on uh, the medic. Oh, that's a great episode. And it's kind, it's, it's, it's that like episode. standalone. Yeah, yeah. And it's like he... He gets a bit of, like, time early on in the show, but, you know, yeah. he's just a medic, so you don't, like, there's not too much focus on him. Yeah, and then yeah. there's an, an entire episode dedicated to him. And you're I, just like, this guy's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it reminded me, it's like the uh, the Hemingway book, um, A Farewell to Arms. It's kind of, kind, because, like, that's about, yeah. uh, during World War One, and it's about a medic. It's about, it's, essentially, it's, he changed his name, like, but it's Hemingway's story. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen that film Love and War from the 90s don't think so I think maybe like Freddie Prince Jr. was in it it's essentially yeah a, an adaption of that a real 90s movie yeah it, it, that's it it's got a very Freddie 90s it's a very <laughs> 90s version of a, of a Hemingway story which yeah. is such a weird <laughs> sentence and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
but um yeah so i i, I that's why i kind of like that episode it just reminded me about the brothers but i i get yeah. what you mean like that yeah maybe in five when you only have five episodes to yeah dedicate half an episode to lads going around killing dogs like i love the whole introduction of him being one of the workers and the guys are talking about being in yeah, afghanistan yeah. and then i know we're getting ahead of ourselves but i was just talking about like the structure mm. of doing it in five episodes and all that was great and then they kept going cutting back to it and i was like ugh, we've i, I kind of get we i get the point i get the story of this now you know mm. even though none of it was bad it was all really good really well acted really well shot and it was very important story i just thought oh we've precious time here and you could look at it something else you know? yeah yeah that was just that was my own like literally my own great criticism of the whole thing how, how did you settle with the uh the like uh the northerner english coal men <laughs> coal miners <laughs> and <laughs> this was like you're right dimitri <laughs> would you pass me that sasha and stuff like it was just a- i i appreciate the fact that like if you're going to like well first of all like obviously yeah. They weren't. They were never going to do it all in. No, in Russian. Russian. Yeah. But also, like, it'd be so different if if they were to if they weren't to do it in English. Yeah. The thing is, they wouldn't. Did then they'd be doing it in a few different languages. Yeah. Because it's not. It wouldn't just be Russian. No, exactly. It'd be um, just different dialects. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and there'd still be a bit of English, and so it'd just overcomplicated things. Yeah. yeah. And plus, like it, it is made for a Western audience. So. Oh, I know. Yeah, they 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 shouldn't have listed it. Yeah, um, but I was very surprised that they didn't have everybody. Well, I guess yeah. If you have everybody speaking a neutral accent, we kind of associate that with American almost, and then that'd be really jarring. Well, th- that's what they do in Schindler's List: is everyone sounds like um, upper middle class English person. Yeah. Um, and that was a classic thing in older films too. Yeah, like well, it's like Germans were always British. Like the the Nazis all spoke in like yeah, British accents. British accent, yeah. But but I appreciated how in this they done it. It was almost like it was like Game of Thrones, where they based it on yeah, well, like the miners yeah. would have a northerner because that's how, that's in England. Yeah, the, the, the mining community would have been yeah, exactly. There, it's a certain like. Are they, you know, they're the less educated people with a sloppier way of speaking and things yeah, like that. Like, yeah. and it's, um, I love that whole character, the miners, and that they're like, don't lie to a miner. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it was great. Like, he was, he was, he was one of my favorite characters in it. Like, I love right. the guy. He's like the head miner. Yeah, and, uh, there's there's a scene where they're like forced, pretty much at gunpoint, to come to Chernobyl, <laughs> and he's just like, go ahead, then start shooting. The yeah. ones that are left will beat you to death. Or you'll run you don't out have bu- enough bullets. Yeah, you'll run out of bullets eventually, and the ones of us left will beat you to death. It's like, yeah. That's the greatest threat I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't bring enough men and bullets, so either gives a better reason or we'll kill you. <laughs> I looked up to try and like confirm how much truth there was to that sort of behavior if there were like forcing people at gunpoint. And yeah. It doesn't seem to be true necessarily, but the implication would have been there but i think the impl- yeah I d- but by that i think like i've read that people say like oh the implication was there but i feel like that was just the case in the soviet union anyway like you didn't even need to see a gun the implication was just there anyway like you get the bullet if you that, that was suggested through the series of like everybody is afraid mm. all the time of letting down the soviet union Mm-hmm. whether that's mm-hmm. directly your neighbor 
or your superior or KB or everyone's just afraid of letting everybody down and of being caught out doing something that's not considered the right way and and if you don't if you do do something wrong you'll get shot yeah yeah like, and that and everyone seemed to be within that kind of fear of like and whispering about things like, yeah um and then some of them though it's not heavily implied some of them like jared harris's character the the scientist the man yeah. i can't like valerie leg legs off legs off is you know the guy in Valerie, yeah, yeah. And anybody, um, it was Valerie and Boris. Yeah, Sarsgaard, Stellan Skarsgård, who's such a great actor. <laughs> but then, just I'll get back to what I was saying. But then that was what I found weird too. Everybody was speaking their English accents, but then he was speaking in his sort of Swedish. He's Swedish, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but it's just funny. Like he was the only one that kind of kept a sort of a very European accent. Yeah, there was one or two other actors you could tell they weren't english actors mm. and they had a slight like they had a, an accent like a european yeah. or whether it was middle eastern or not sorry um, eastern european accent or like a german accent or whatever and they just kind of spoke english well, did, did uh what's his name gorbachev yeah did he speak in a rush did he did they keep him with sort of a russian accent i think the actor uh, i remember looking up i think the actor is russian right um i'm not too sure well you kind of yeah, you, you keep the leader, the leader of the state with the Russian accent. Yeah, yeah. Because there was actually a lot of Russian actors in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they just had, they just spoke English. <laughs> but it's funny too, like, a lot of them, even if they're English actors, or like the kid you were talking about, the Irish actor, like, he looks like he could be from Russian. the Ukraine. Like, oh, yeah, he, he, he has that, like, Russian facial features. Yeah, or, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Ukrainian. But, um... I was meant to get back to something, but I forgot. Oh, yeah, the uh, Valerie character. Yeah. He, uh, in the show, like, he kind of feels like, it feels like he's that character where he's kind of afraid of the state. He was actually, like, all about the party. Yeah, the guy, the KGB guy says that to him in the end. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was just kind of more about the truth in the end. Yeah, in the show, he started out as a guy with a conscience, but... I don't think in real life he actually started it that way. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, he knew about the report that your one found when it was originally published. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. Uh, yeah, like he, he obviously... Um, so when when he got that phone call to say Chernobyl's blown up, he was like, oh, I know what this is. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like, he, he didn't commit suicide because like he didn't succeed at what he set out to do. He committed suicide because he felt guilty. Yeah. Like, I, well... I, you never know but yeah, that yeah. was kind of my well assumption. yeah it was kind of it then stopped the cover up of the truth and he was probably going to be dead soon anyway um, yeah well yeah, yeah. To so much radiation and stuff. yeah it's crazy how like that sort of act ended up like that's how his tapes got out that's how people paid attention to his recordings yeah. and stuff uh, I'd love I must actually like track them down and give them a listen oh the original ones yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but it's all like the fact that he like two years to the day when he committed suicide. Yeah, he was trying to make it like on an anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> and I assume it was ma- it's uh, made up, but or actually, I think they say on the podcast it was. But I do like the fact that it was the it, on it was the same time. It shows the clock, isn't it? And it's like one twenty three, oh, and then okay, it cuts yeah, to yeah. the power plant as they're doing the test. Yeah, it's yeah. the same time. Oh, was it? It's. Uh... Two years and one minute earlier or something. Like uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, Sorry, I, I watched this a few weeks ago, so I forgot. Yeah, no, I was trying to remember details. I didn't think of that, that, that the significance of that till you just said it. Because right. I remember at the time thinking, why did it, why one minute? Oh, right. But yeah, now yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, for anybody curious, uh, they they done a really good pod, post show podcast where it's just it's like a HBO official podcast, oh, okay. and it's just Craig Mason. A guy interviewing Craig Mason after each episode. Oh, okay. Because you just said podcast there, and I thought it was a it was a slip up. Right, I sorry. Thought you, I thought you meant the show, uh, and it's really good. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I haven't okay. actually finished it. I, I was listening to it just for this episode. Yeah, I should give it a, li- a listen. I, I, I was pretty much like, I need to, I need to steal from some other podcast. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So and so we went through like the two main actors, but then we also have uh, Emily Watson as. Ula or Yulena? I can't I remember. Yeah, I think it's Yulena. Uh, so that's not a, that, that's a fictional character. It's a, yeah, she represents in real life. It was a team of scientists. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but of, I get why they did that because again, they'd five episodes to it. You have to. Yeah, and I think I I think Craig Mason made the point kind of on hit on that episode that because there was so many scientists involved. Yeah. If you only pick out some of them, you're kind of diminishing others yeah it's kind of a, it's almost like it's better to like put everything they've done into one character because then they yeah. represent them all rather than yeah yeah if you have hundreds of people working on it like yeah. how, how do you begin to pick who whose story is important yeah. with uh boris and valerie like they're obviously they're the most important ones yeah, yeah. and uh, the fact as well like he made the point like you know a lot of the scientists that were working with them were women yeah despite the Soviet Union being very behind in the times, like in everything else, in the sciences. Like, I think women held like 60% of all PhDs. Oh, yeah. uh, but, and I think that was because there was no women in the actual higher ranks of the party. So yes, they, kind so they, of, they ended they, up kind of taking over the sciences. They succeeded in other areas, basically. Yeah. When you look at like so many like history, discoveries in especially in terms of like the atom and nuclear energy it oh, all yeah. like kind of starts in russia and it's all women <laughs> like yeah huge amount of women. yeah it's a crazy thing and then and i love the like the balance of like there's the minister she goes to and he's like i used to run a shoe factory and now i'm in charge of everybody and so and i was like yes well, she that. doesn't she say it to him though she says you i thought she the, she, she says to him you used to run a shoe factory and, and he goes and yeah now I'm, I'm in charge of everybody yeah yeah and it, but that's like in a way you can read that one way it's like oh that's how messed up the soviet union it was yeah. also like well that's great you can actually because that's what the soviet union was a it was a workers party so like yeah, the yeah idea that was, the, was the positive can, of it yeah but then it's kind of a negative as well it's funny well it was a negative because like yeah uh, uh somebody with experience with only like shoe salesman experience probably shouldn't be <laughs> yeah, in that yeah, position. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it was um but it kind of showed like the whole thing of like you know he was like oh I don't believe in your science yeah it's like it's it's weird too because science because like the Soviet Union had no religion yeah like in a way like science kind of became their religion in a way like they put a lot yeah. of faith into it and that's why it's surprising that then when it started to go wrong they ignored the science. But it didn't work out for yeah. them. They were like, well, it's not that they were ignoring the science. It was more like, well, no, they had so much faith in what in the, what they believed to be scientific. Like, that was the thing with the reactor. They were like, oh, it shouldn't do that. The science tells us it shouldn't do that. So it didn't. 
Yeah, that's not what happened because yeah, it the book says it can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess that was like that, that's almost it's very like religion then, where like you know, there's people put so much faith into one translation in the yeah. of the Bible, and then something comes out, they find new manuscripts or whatever, and like, oh, it turns out this. I can't. I'm not religious, so I can't even yeah, think yeah. of an example. They just ignore them. But like, no, like the the version of the Bible I was raised on says this. So yeah, they've yeah. all they've put so much faith into their early learnings. I guess that they I, just... I can give you an example. If you want. <laughs> There's a real one. Is the whole movie? Is it Stigma or Stigmata? Is about it? Uh, Gabriel Byrne movie. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's the whole Patricia Arquette or somebody's. I think so. Yeah, but there's a whole, um, there's a whole scripture which is written that apparently. Jesus didn't want churches. And oh, he didn't yeah, want yeah. what is like the Vatican yeah, and all that yeah. to exist. His whole point was God is around you. God is the trees, the animals, yeah, the sky, yeah. the air. Um, so we can practice religion like in a field, in the street, and like in your homes. And his idea, like, there's this whole, like, there's another, you know, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then there's another guy. Let's call him Dave, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can't think of his name. <laughs> and um, it's probably like Bartholomew or something like that. But anyway, he wrote this whole section of the Bible that then the Vatican then decided to leave out. Because oh, yeah, it was it, left out of the canon. It, it, gave, it gave them no power. So yeah. That whole thing. And it's, it's a huge, there's a huge thing about it. And like, but yeah, it's, that's a really good example of it. It's well, like, wasn't there like even more, wasn't there like 12 books of the Bible or yeah, something originally? Loads, yeah. They just picked their favorite like four. Jews, Judas had... Yeah, all the, all the apostles have, yeah, them, yeah. essentially. But yeah, they just picked their four favorites that gave them the most power. Yeah, the message that they gave. <laughs> uh, but even in ter- even in stuff that they did put in there, the translation yeah. is w- was up, wrong yeah. or yeah, what? Yeah. But even like the like having the Catholic Church decided recently that uh, recently being the last like decade or two maybe that um, limbo doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. But then a lot of like hardcore. Uh, churches still yeah. classic like you know like there's this whole fear of you have to get your baby christened as soon as possible yeah because if something happens to it it won't go to heaven and uh the cruelest it's so belief. cruel it's the whole idea that like yeah so if you're but that used to be the case so if like you had like um say the baby's stillborn you weren't allowed buried in the cemetery or in your family plot uh because it was wasn't christened yet yeah yeah so it had to be, um, there's this whole Irish thing of, I was only talking about this the other day, um, my wife's grandmother was telling me about it, like, so she's one of, like, 15 children or something like that, and her mother was pregnant, like, 20 times, and, yeah. like, lost five of them and stuff, and they, yeah. they had a field of their land where they'd bury, like, um, unchristened babies and children and stuff like that, but the tradition was, you're gonna, I think I told you this before, you'll love this, it's, I, it's, I just... I feel I have to write something about it. Like it has to be some book or a novel or a comic book. I think it's a cool idea, but it's bonkers where, so if you have an unchristened baby, you bury them in a land where two counties meet because it's nowhere. Oh, it's essentially a tangible limbo. It's real life limbo. So that that's where you bury them. Like something that would be in game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's one of those things I just love the idea of it, like places like that being like a ley line where you can like, you know, raise a demon or something. Yeah, you know, this yeah. kind of I just kind of like it's like the veil is thinner there or something. You know, I just think it's a cool concept, but it's it's a bonkers idea that like oh yeah, you can't bury your baby in your family plot 
you have to bury that that crossroads over there. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and I think it's um, crazy um, suicide. Was yeah, the same. that was a big thing as well. Yeah, if you committed suicide, you weren't allowed to be. Buried. That was up until like the eighties. I remember that still being like a yeah, thing. Yeah. There's a, a oh, maybe I'm misremembering this, but I think like back home there's a graveyard, and the other side the, the, there's a farmer's field behind the graveyard. Oh yeah, and there's a grave in there. And it's, a, oh, it's as close as possible. Like, yeah. like, so, like, the farmer allowed to just let the family bury yeah. somebody as close as possible to the yeah. grave. Which, at that point, like, if I that I was that family, I'd be like, well, I don't really want to be anywhere near the graveyard yeah, now. But yeah. it, still, like, I suppose yeah. they wanted it. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, they're very alike. I guess that's the point we're trying to make. Yeah, but it was, it was, yeah, it was, they kind of this idea that, like, the science was religion. But from the point of, I think it's a verification and publication, which kind of happens today with universities and stuff anyway. The same idea that if uh, this one scientist said a thing, these other scientists agreed that that information is correct. And anybody who says otherwise is wrong. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's not actually true. And there is a bit of that with science. And that's where you get, like, flat earthers pointing out that kind of shit you know yeah yeah but that is kind of how it works but it's a bit yeah and there is they do fall into these terrible ways of habits um in a lot of modern sciences and yes then there's stuff that is it's there's like that's more with theories rather than say but a provable experiment is a provable experiment that is a fact it's real yeah yeah it wasn't just that scientists agree this it's the state gave it the thumbs up so therefore it is the absolute truth yeah yeah because we believe in the state and the state is great and that that was that's what just got them like and it's every step of the way in every episode of the series everything they have to do that's what they're up against yeah it's amazing and And like just to go back to the 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 science and religion thing you can even like compare them directly because religion especially catholicism back in the day and the vatican uh funded the sciences like galileo was entirely fun like they were like yeah this is great all his discoveries they were funding supportive once he he discovered something that maybe like questioned something that they had previously said yeah they were like hang on a second yeah once they started once science started contradicting yeah because the whole idea was science is a great way to prove the existence of god and then as it started to prove otherwise yeah yeah they suddenly were like oh shit they saw like like yeah, science yeah. was just an extension of their beliefs because it was the study of the natural world. And yeah. they believed the natural world was created by God. So yeah. they're one and the same. There's a great one. Um, I know I always do this, but it's a great episode of Star Trek, right? <laughs> Where um, there's... Did they discover a, a no, prehistoric the, the, where, version where of they're, it? Like, they're undercover with... like in ancient civilization and they're trying to save them right <laughs> i was just and, that's um, what i was about to, i was like yeah, jokingly yeah. gonna say dip, and, dip, and there's just this conversation overheard where it's like a teacher is teaching the kids and she has like a wooden log in her hand and she's like so the fire is inside the log and we have to encourage the fire to come out <laughs> and it's like she's teaching science and but that's their understanding of it yeah yeah and uh so it's not like it's fuel for the fire but the whole the her whole thinking is that the fire is trapped inside the wood and yeah. we have to like get it out and so and i it's just what it just made me think of that as you were saying is that the episode where the guy thinks picard is god i think so yeah it's if i'm right it's the one where it's worf's brother is living with them and he's like he's a human he's like his half brother from the people who fostered him if i'm right oh, maybe or or it's the one with 
Yeah, where they they they've like bows and arrows, and they look like Romulans. Yeah, and they're yeah. they're they kidnap Picard. And they think he's a god. Yeah, yeah, because he brings somebody gets shot with an arrow. And it's, he, it's, like, I think Picard gets shot with an arrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he I think he gets shot at the end, but earlier they think he brings somebody back to life, but he just right, gives yeah, them medical yeah. attention. Yeah, yeah. Like that's right. Yeah. Um, it's quite it's good. One of, it's either either of those two. I'm not too sure yeah. which two because it's just a little moment mm. of like yeah, yeah. characters um, of like this teacher teaching the kids, and it's just the idea of like yeah to their belief system of like what they know of science. But it's it's scientific thinking, even though they're completely wrong. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. It's trying to like logically just like trying trying come to up with a come up with a, yeah a logical conclusion yeah. to something. I, I always remember when I was in school and we had a teacher because. We did religion in school um, in Ireland. You do it as a subject. And I remember he was explaining, he was clearly like an absolute atheist. Yeah. And he was the religion <laughs> our teacher. Our science teacher was also our religion teacher. Yeah, he was He was like a history teacher and he was like really into like facts and stuff. And um, he was great actually. He was a really good teacher. And he um, he was explaining, he had a really good way of explaining it. Of like if you think of it back in the, like 1500 years ago or whatever people wanted to know so how did the world begin like where do we have all this so then somebody wrote genesis as like an answer right you know because it was a question people wanted to know people need to know where like where do we all come from so then the idea of adam and eve came up and the idea of god created the earth in seven days and um all this kind of like all that came out of well we need an answer for this so this is what they came up with you know <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I, that was how he presented it to us as a class and i was like that's really smart like and it's one of those things i've always remembered it's like oh yeah so that's people needed that answer so they came up with it. where now we have the big bang theory and yeah, yeah. And things you know not the but tv show the actual <laughs> but and that's what i find interesting with like creationists and stuff i know we're going way off topic yeah, yeah. here but like you know creationists believe that the earth is seven thousand years old or whatever i don't know yeah. if it's actually seven i think it is though but anyway yeah. and so because they believe that it that that also means that well dinosaurs if they existed could have only existed for a few thousand years yeah and only were extinct like within like two thousand years of them going extinct man came and all this yeah and you're just like but would it not be easier for you if you just said okay art is a million years old yeah and still believe but and then but, just, but god did it but god yeah like yeah. why do you need to stick to the set because that it's the seven thousand year part that makes it so hard to swallow yeah because there's like so much evidence that because like that, that means that like the art only existed for like Five thousand years, six thousand years, five thousand years when the Roman Empire took over, or whatever. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's very hard to. It means there was a few thousand years between like Cleopatra and a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas we know for a fact that Cleopatra lived closer to the building of the Empire State Build than than she did to the building pyramids. Of the pyramids. Oh yes, yeah. like. Yeah, it's te- yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, that, we talked about that before in this. Um, I think so. Yeah, it's a weird. Uh, it's one of those weird things that go, makes you go, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like we'll get to a point where we'll be alive, and the distance between us and the assassination of JFK will be the same as the distance between JFK and the assassination of Lincoln. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not that fact, far off. We might actually be there. I don't even know what. Yeah, yeah I don't <laughs> think it's that far off. Like, it's, um, are you looking that up? <laughs> no, no, because it'll just take too much time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it kind of makes you go, whoa. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, so it's all about the, like, the faith of in, I guess, the propaganda and that yeah. everybody knows what they're doing. Because well, they even do it with these, the whole exclusion zone and some general just decided it should be 30 miles. Yeah, and then yeah. Valerie's like, it should be two hundred miles, and like he's like, who decided this? And then uh, Gorbachev is like, oh well, if General says it's thirty miles, then it's thirty miles. Yeah, yeah. And I was I like, why? <laughs> because he said, why is that? What? <laughs> well, even when they're in the bunker, like in the end, their decisions of what to do pretty much comes down to like an old man saying, "Well, this is what Lenin said." <laughs> like, that scene was amazing because he was just like. But we're all, we're all right, yeah, yeah. We're all right, right, yeah. We we win, we're, and then they're all like, we're we're all going to be congratulated for this. We're all great. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. We'll and be uh, rewarded for what we do yeah. here tonight. I I wrote it down because, and it's a quote from the last episode, and it's Valerie like laughs as he says it, which is like, why worry about something that isn't going to happen? And I was just like, that is, yeah, that says everything. It's great, like. Um, so let's get into a bit of the timeline yeah. timeline and even like let, let's go back to a little before so um, in the 1970s was actually when the town of Pripyat yeah uh, was, I was never sure how to pronounce that but yeah, yeah. well I, I, I prior to seeing this I don't think I had, I'd ever heard it pronounced no I'd just seen it in writing so the town was actually built it was one of the, the nine atom towns as they called them Oh yeah, and so built specifically for the the employees of the power plants. What I didn't realize until looking stuff up, uh, so the town was actually built two years before before they even decided what type of nuclear power plant was going to go there, wow. which I found crazy. Like that, that's just so weird to me that you start building a town where like we're definitely going to be building a power plant there. Yeah, but we have no idea what what how it's going to function. But that's kind of how the Soviet Union works, though. It's our, our, our people need to work so we'll build something for them to work on yeah yeah uh, they need somewhere to live first so do yeah. that first yeah. and like that became it, it's funny like when you see the shots of the because I don't as far as I'm, I know they didn't shoot anything in Chernobyl, <laughs> Chernobyl. but um, you see the town of Pripy- Pripyat uh, and like there's swimming pools and stuff I can't imagine there was many towns in Chernobyl or in Chernobyl in the Soviet Union at the time that had swimming pools yeah like yeah. so like that was like a luxury how much would you want it to get a job in that power yeah. plant but yeah so a uh, deputy chief engineer of at Chernobyl uh, I probably shouldn't even attempt to pronounce his name but Grigory Medvedev yeah yeah um, he proposed the construction of uh, pressurized water reactors and he informed the Ukraine Minister of Energy that the RBMK the boiling water reactor releases 40 times more radiation than the PWR pressurized water reactor and other scientist another scientist whose name I can't pronounce opposed this saying the BPMK produced not only produced a thousand times more energy but it was cheaper oh yeah um so from the start and that was publicly so like i don't think that's necessarily mentioned in the show at the end valerie yeah. says the reason they've done it is because it was cheaper yeah but it's never i i didn't realize that like they're very open oh, the, but yeah. i guess 
it's te- dirtier. People forgot about it. It's ten years later before this accident happened. Twenty years, nearly. Yeah, because it's put the, and also put a little bit in the kind of 1984 sense of like but that didn't. Nobody said that. That didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was just even if, even if it was public ten years earlier. Yeah. It's just like, what are you talking about? But it's very and and oh, <laughs> I'm sure this comparison will be brought up again later. But it's very like 1984. Where it's like history renews itself every five years. Yeah. In that yeah. kind of. It's like by 1975, <laughs> there was probably no no trace of that ever been said anyway. Yeah. And not because they were worried something would happen. I'd say they just make a point of like, just, oh, we'll just destroy all these documents every five years. Oh, you just do it anyway. Yeah. 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 So you can control the. You can control the. Um, the story. You're always controlling the story, no matter what. Now this guy did say the or BMK was also safer, but it yeah, seemed yeah. like it produced more energy and it was cheaper. Was yeah. the reason? Now I can see why. If it produced more energy, that's a good reason. Yeah, but w- when you're building nuclear reactors, like it seems like it's something you should always like go for the most expensive. It's like buying a computer. Yeah, you know? <laughs> don't, don't buy the cheapest. Yeah, ones especially for. <laughs> yeah, you buy cheap, you buy twice. That's isn't that the phrase? Yeah. Um. So it wasn't until nineteen or nineteen ninety seven, nineteen seventy seven, that uh, the reactors were ready to operate. Oh yeah, and wasn't it? Uh, or the Valerie first... says in the show anyway that the report that they found that he was aware of was in seventy five. They discovered that the graphite on the rods caused the temperature spike. And he said it was in seventy five, I think. But I think testing. so. Yeah, I don't. I didn't take note of that. But I, I, yeah, I think yeah. I believe so. But I would say they might like if in, this guy was saying it was cheaper in nineteen seventy two. I'd say there was there was a few people that even knew prior to oh, seven. Yeah. I'd say yeah, the report it was probably reported in seventy five. But yeah, yeah, I think if people were well, like, that's when they discovered that's what was causing a heat oh, spike yeah, was oh, the tips. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in eighty two, and I didn't know this, but in eighty two, a partial meltdown actually occurred. Oh wow. But in reactor number one, and it wasn't made public until 1985. Wow! But I'd never heard that before. Yeah, yeah. But it's amazing. It was made public a year before the, the, the Chernobyl disaster. Wow. And then the thing was, the reactor was repaired and put back into operation. So I guess they thought, oh look, we we solved that. Yeah. So we, it was back in operation by 1985. So I guess that's when they released. They're like, now it's it's we've we fixed this, so now we can reveal that there was a problem to begin with. Because, yeah, which like, is they're, they're, they weren't even releasing the information because it was an accident. They were releasing it because they fixed it. You know. Yeah, which was the whole point of why they were running the test at the time, and why your man was like, "We have to do this test tonight. We're doing it now." Yeah, because we have to report to say we did this test. Yeah, yeah, and not for any other reason. Ex- yeah, exactly. Uh, so in February of '86, uh, Vitali Vitali Sklyrov. Uh, Russian names. Uh, he was the Minister of Power and Electrification of the Ukraine. And in reference to the reactors, he's quoted in a Soviet magazine, Soviet Life magazine specifically, that the odds of a meltdown were one in 10,000 years. Oh, yeah. The plants have safe and reliable controls and are protected from any breakdown with tree safety systems. March of the same year, an article appeared in a Ukrainian journal, and I'm not sure who this is credited to, but uh, a senior manager at the nuclear plant anyway. Yeah. And she wrote 
about the construction of Chernobyl, uh, the construction of the plant, and called it substandard. Oh yeah. And said the workmanship and concrete, along with uh, thefts and bureaucratic incompetence, are creating a time bomb. This is an exact quote. This sounds like something somebody could have said in the series. Oh, yeah. The failures here will be repaid, repaid over generations. A month later, almost exactly, was when the safety test began. So, yeah, uh, let's take a break there for a second. Because we might have some ads. Yeah. Depending on uh, where you are in the world, you may hear some adverts here. If you do uh, bear with us, you'll be helping keeping the lights on in the bunker. The elf- Our the small ear- nuclear reactor. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, if you don't hear any, this will be a seamless transition. So uh, the test begins. And this, there's a lot to talk about here, but there's not much point when it's like the entire first episode and yeah. much of the last episode goes into it yeah the full timeline of the test and stuff, yeah. but it's still like and i i said this to you in a text where it's a, a pro and a con of the show in one way it's a pro because it's accurate but it's a con that they the science they, they speak exactly how they would have spoken so yeah. for a lot of people like me uh yeah. i just didn't have a clue what they were talking about because i'd never studied nuclear physics <laughs> yeah, yeah. but obviously it, it's a show about the dangers of not telling the truth yeah or so of, they, they couldn't of, turn around and like simplify this stuff or of like it's the danger of like double speak and, yeah yeah um funny thing is i was in i think i was what about three episodes in and i watched a few youtube videos of people explaining what happened yeah yeah so then when i got to the episode in the trial where valerie is like explaining it i was able to follow it really really yeah, well yeah. and uh, i was like oh yeah that makes sense to me that makes sense to me there's the whole thing with like steam and voids that was confusing, but that yeah. gets explained. Well, the, the the simple version of the test is that they wanted to test whether the reactor could be cooled if the yeah. power went. Yeah, uh, the power the, the power in the facility could, with because like they had backup generators. I think three for each reactor, three gas. But they take a minute to start up. Or yeah, so they wanted to. Um, the test was to see what they what they could do in that yeah. minute. As the turbines wind down can that wind down keep the water pumping yes yeah while the gen- backup generators are starting up do you have a good grasp then on how the actual you've seen you watch videos on it do you kind of know you... how the reactors function um i don't know if i could explain it though right. <laughs> <laughs> um no essentially it's yeah it's all you're creating a reaction that um no <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. so i'll try i i've this written down okay so. yeah that's, you're better off so Chernobyl had four working reactors with uh, two new ones under construction. The newest of the four, reactor number four, which is the one we're talking about, the one that caused this all, uh, it contained 1,600 radioactive uranium-235 fuel rods. Yeah. These rods are unstable, or because they're unstable, it's atoms spontaneously release neutrons, which hit other nuclei, causing them to release neutrons. That's a chain reaction. Yeah, and you're constantly spilling atoms, basically. Mm. Yeah. The byproduct of the chain reaction is it releases enormous quantities of heat and energy, and that heat is what is used to turn water into steam, which drives the turbine, and that's where electricity magically comes from. That's that's what a lot of people don't realise, is nuclear power is actually just steam power. It's, it's your steam powering turbines yeah but it's you're heating you're creating the steam by nuclear fusion or fission it's like well all power nearly is just steam it's just how you make the steam yeah 
you know you burn you can burn fossil fuels to create the steam yeah most it's, most power stations are that are nuclear are they're either they're burning a fossil fuel create steam and tur- turbines hmm. or they're just turning a turbine like a car yeah. um and then or the only other alternative then is that they're hydroelectric but yeah. hydroelectric uses pumps that are either either used with stored electricity or they're using a fossil fuel to run the pumps to like bring it up one way and then create the fall and stuff. So there's yeah. a couple of different ways. And so to keep that chain reaction under control, uh, that's where the cooling rods uh, come into it. They contain neutron absorbing substances that are inserted between the fuel rods. Reactor number four had 211 cooling rods made of the element boron. Yeah. Which to say, I think that's the same. They were dropping that on the reactor. Later. Yeah, that's what, um, that's what slows the reaction mm. or, yeah, that's there is boron and sand or silica yeah. um, that they were dropping on uh, to try and put out the fire because they would bring down the heat. Yeah, that created the lava. Yeah, and so essentially, if you raise the the control rods, the chain reaction accelerates. If you lower them, the chain reaction slows. That's essentially that's why he was explaining at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, it's think of it as like a water chamber, and there's rods that are constantly their atoms are bouncing off each other. Yeah, yeah. And that's creating a ton of heat. But if you bring in the other rods, the boron rods, that slows that down. So with that, you can control the temperature. If you just let those rods go, it just keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter, mm. which is what happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. But the tips of the rods are, is it graphite? And graphite accelerates yes. the purpose why you would put them on the types of the control rods at all i don't know but it was because it was cheaper essentially essentially yeah and what happened is the rods got stuck so only the tips were exposed not the boron that slowed it down and it just kept building and building and building and i think i think that's a big thing is well that's we'll probably get into that as we go on no so, go on um it's the idea that it's not the same as a nuke going off because a nuke is oh, like yeah, yeah yeah but that's something we'll get into um or is now the time? <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't really matter. I think just the yeah. the important thing to mention about the test, and it, it, I believe they make this clear in the show too, but this was the third test. Yeah. But more importantly, it was delayed. You said that at the start, sure. Oh, yeah. It, it was a different team. Like, they they'd prepared for this test during the day. Yeah. But it was now the night shift, and, you know, it was scheduled to be done, so they just had to do it. Yeah, they were asked to delay it by 10 hours because some other electricity plant didn't want to miss their quotas yeah, <laughs> because they'd be in trouble with the party and with the government and because they had to meet their quotas and then yeah. someone didn't want to lose out their chance at a promotion. Well, once the trains run on time, it's that kind of attitude. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, but it's it's just ultimate bureaucracy of everybody who wants it to be right, but nobody's checking if it's the right thing to do. It's mad like just back, yeah, you were you pretty much summed up what happened with the fuel rods, and yeah, once that ruptured into the coolant, and the power jumped by a factor of ten, so to three hundred or thirty three thousand megawatts. So all the nearby water turned instantly to steam, and the reactor exploded. Yeah, and that's another part of it is they didn't explain in the show is the steam is so the water is a coolant. Mm. as well so when they pump in the water it also controls the temperature not just the control rods and um so if that water turns to steam too quickly that then also 
helps the reaction to continue as well. So as it gets hotter, it's harder to cool with water yeah, because yeah. the water turns into steam. So what happens is as they pump in water to try and cool it, the water can't get to it because it's been instantly turned to steam, which creates voids, which yeah, creates more reaction. So it's just a, a vicious circle of... Which is why later you see that they need to release the water, the remaining yeah. water, and send all those guys down. Yeah, because the whole idea is as the melt is going down, or as it's literally melting down, which I didn't realise that's what happened with a meltdown. I had either. a note about that. Well, it's the same thing. Like, if you take... Have you ever poured, like, cold water into a hot pan on the stove? It explodes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's going to be the same thing, except in an extreme version of it. So it would create another explosion. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so with no uh, water to cool down the reactor, uh, it got hotter, and that's where the meltdown uh, began yeah. and just because you pointed out yeah i feel like everybody thinks that a meltdown means something far because it like n- nuclear everything about nuclear energy is so complicated that people assume a meltdown means something as complicated but it literally just means it's melting yeah. downwards like that's yeah i didn't realize it was china syndrome china syndrome yeah i didn't realize that's what a meltdown was <laughs> i just kind of thought like do you want to explain what the china syndrome is um it's a 70s movie that uh we should do an episode on actually <laughs> yeah um uh, I saw it years ago. It's one of the things I I've saw. I've never actually it's seen It's one of the it. things I saw on TV when I was like 10, you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, basically it's a meltdown. So your hot core is burning its way through the earth. But China syndrome is the fear that it keeps going. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it affects the core of the earth. And that's where you affect magnetic flow. And your, but uh, it's essentially, it's a purposely exaggerated term for a scenario where a nuclear reactor will melt through the earth and come out the other side in, in China, yeah. in this case. is kind of what, essentially what it means. Yeah, like the old thing of like digging a hole to China when you're a kid. Did the term exist before the movie? I don't know. Okay, see, I thought it did. I thought the movie was kind of just like based on the idea. Yeah, yeah. But I've never even seen the movie. I think it's just, it's just a concept somebody came up with and then... Yeah. Now, nobody actually, but nobody ever actually believed it. It was just kind of like to illustrate... It was part of, because big in the 60s and 70s, part of the whole hippie movement was that nuclear power is like the worst thing ever. Yes. Yeah. And that it's um, it's the end of the world. and stuff. So it was part of the whole hippie movement. And then Hollywood kind of latched onto it. And there's loads of movies about like the nuclear disaster and, and China syndrome is one of them. Right. Um, well, there still is. Like Hollywood still loves yeah. like, making essentially anti, anti-clean energy yeah. uh, films. Like, I've said this before, even on this podcast, like, I always found it very uh, odd that, like, The Dark Knight Rises and the first Avengers movie came out the same year. I think the same year. Anyway, very close together. And they both contained a clean energy device that was turned into a bomb. Yeah. And both films ended with a billionaire Republican saving everybody (laughs) from it. Yeah, it's a bit odd. Considering... Hollywood is usually very left-leaning in some way, you know. It's, yeah. It's strange. Well, yeah, I, I was just thrown in the Republican thing because Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark are both definitely Republicans. Oh, but sorry, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, really message. It, but, but definitely yeah, the yeah. thing about the clean energy, because in Batman, it was, Bane was just going to use it as a bomb. Yeah. And in Avengers, it was the arc reactor. Oh, yeah. They were using that with the Tesseract to bring the aliens or something. Yeah, yeah. But then, and then the government were just going to nuke uh, New York. That's only... <laughs> that was their solution. 
but yeah, I just found that funny that like those two films because they were both create they were created for clean energy. Like that's why Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark had them, but then yeah. like somebody else was going to use them as a bomb. Yeah. I know it was like they were saying like like that fear of nuclear energy, where it's like, oh well, it could turn into a bomb. Yeah, it's like yeah, it can't really though. No, the big the big thing with the big weaponized thing for nuclear energy is the waste, and that you can make a dirty bomb. So it's a yeah. non-nuclear device that contains radioactive material. That's that's the big thing. I, I was watching a thing this morning of um, there's this huge salt mine in Germany, and uh, that's where they put all their nuclear waste. Uh, so it's just full of all these barrels of nuclear waste, and now because it was a salt mine, it's starting to the like the ground under it is starting to it's essentially it's starting to crumble and stuff and some of the water tables getting into it and right. leaking the material so now they've created all these pumps and ways of trying to clean the groundwater and it's just this constant battle of oh. it's too toxic for them to go in and take out any of the waste because that's because there's so much of it there now but they got to clean the water and then reinforce the walls of the caves and all this like it's just this constant battle now of like make yeah. sure no contamination gets out and if it does it'll be on a different level but it could be like a chernobyl sized disaster but not as radioactive it would just mean all the groundwater is fucked and nobody can live there um so it wouldn't be like loads of radiation going into the atmosphere but it's more the groundwater would all be so it would kill vegetation and animals and nobody could flush their toilets without getting radiate radiated <laughs> you couldn't take a shower <laughs> or drink the water that's or, out of all the like um bad things that can happen you can't flush your toilet that's the funniest to use like the, if you just flush in a toilet could like give you radiation poison <laughs> <laughs> just have a scene of like a guy just flush he just flushes the toilet and he's washing his hands and he just starts vomiting and his teeth fall out <laughs> it's like <laughs> I, I love in uh the black mirror episode of the uss callister oh yeah where to talk about like not they don't have sexual organs yeah and your one's just like Imagine being denied the basic pleasure of taking a shit. Yeah. That's one of their concerns. Like, uh, <laughs> I rewatched that episode recently. It's so good. Uh, great episode. Great. Um, did you see the new season? Yeah, unfortunately mm. I did. <laughs> Miley Cyrus was fucking great though. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Um, I'm not so sure about the episode, but she was really funny. Oh, she was good. Yeah, she was good as the... Like she did a good acting job. Like, I didn't mind that was my favorite of all the episodes because it le- it just reminded me of like an eighties sort of teen comedy kind yeah, of adventure it was, thing. It's like oh, that's a it's you know what it was. It was it wasn't bad TV. It just was terrible Black Mirror. Yeah, I think. yeah. <laughs> it was almost more like a parody of Black Mirror, though. Yeah, um, it was like a, an eighties teen drama taking the piss out of Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. There was a little <laughs> element of like the Goonies or something in there too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so back to to the disaster. So the worst part with all this, all all that was going wrong here, is that nobody actually really knew what happened, because yeah. even though like the supervisor was clearly terrible at his job and just like forced people to ignore all the safety yeah. procedures, technically everything they'd done was right. Was right. Yeah. And like like they pressed the the manuals manual stop, whatever yeah. you would call it, um, which drops all the control rods at once. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was meant to. That was meant to fix everything. Like to, by going by the book, is a scene in the last episode, and it, when Valerie gives the whole timeline, and you you actually see the before because the mm. the first episode starts just after that moment. Yeah. So I find that really confusing. But then 
I was like, oh, I get why you're doing that because they're confused. So we're confused. Yeah, yeah. And it made sense then. And I was disappointed that, oh, we're not going to see that. And then when they started doing it in the last episode, I was like, yes, cool. Because mm. um, I, I was really genuinely worried we get to the end and then I'd be like, but what happened? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, and, uh, <laughs> because the supervisor guy, I can't remember his name, like he just seems like, well, he is clearly just a dick. Yeah. Like he's just a natural, naturally just a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. But he also, for he just seems like a crazy man. He just seems wrong throughout it. But then once you see it going back, once you see it from the beginning, you're like, he's still yeah. effed up royally. But like, but he's under intense pressure to have this test. Yeah, done yeah. Because the whole idea is that the top boss will be seen as such a success for doing this test that he'll be promoted. Yeah. So the next guy will get his job, and then he'll get the next guy's job. Yeah. And it's all about like, it's back to like the old man being like. It was good enough for Lennon, and it's it's this whole idea of like, oh yes, we're, we're all going to be great. Pat ourselves on the back. We're we're doing a great job. We'll be rewarded for this. And um, you see it a lot in it where there's somebody afraid to do something, yeah, because they're, they're worried about the consequences, and they just need somebody higher up to say it's okay. Yeah, and then they're like, okay, like once it can once it can fall on somebody else, or once, well, not somebody, but once somebody like you remember, your man even asks to get it in writing from the supervisor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they just want it to be confirmed that somebody above them said they can do that. Said they can do it or said that everything was safe. Or, yeah. You know, Every, everybody is afraid of, it's like what I was saying, but it's it's like everyone's afraid of being blamed. Yeah. And it's crazy, to a crazy point because everybody knows being blamed probably means being shot. Yeah. And because being, if because it, it's, it affects the state. Yeah. Like, yeah, your mistake is, if you make a mistake, it means the state have made a mistake. And that can't yeah. happen. Because a lot of like... Because the state's infallible. Yeah, like and that was a thing with the, the Soviet Union were mostly just worried about how they looked. To it's every, all, yeah, it's keeping face. Else. To the rest of the world as well. They just wanted to, to look in control, more powerful. They, they didn't want to be ridiculed in any way. Yeah, it's it's really good. If you, if you watch the Americans at all. Mm. I've I've only seen the first season. It's one of those yeah. things I love, but then like I, I left too much time between I seasons. I think there's five seasons and I watched definitely three, maybe four. I'm trying to remember. I'm not sure. can't remember where I am. And it, cause it's one of the things I keep waiting till the full season and then I'll watch it and mm. binge it. And um, it's such a good show. But um, in that, they really kind of let you know, like there's this whole idea of um, everything is great in the USSR everything is great in the Soviet Union yeah but they clearly prefer living in America where they have way more freedom and they don't have to constantly look behind their shoulder and from yeah like they still look behind their shoulder because they're spies but they have like more freedom they've better food on their table their kids are being educated better yeah yeah. he he goes buys himself a nice car and like and they're enjoying the benefits of capitalism in a really hypocritical way while spying on america to stop capitalism effect getting into the soviet union and it's great because it's it's about their tie with or their their fight with that whole kind of philosophy and stuff and they truly believe in what they're doing and then all the reports back are like is that like people are starving in bread lines in russia and all this kind of thing and then but the whole outside perception is everything is great in Russia. You know, <laughs> it's just like, and it's maddening to watch. And actually, I was thinking that as I was watching Chernobyl, is where I am in the series. I don't think it's hit uh, 1986 yet. So I'm like, oh, oh I right. wonder what's going to happen when Chernobyl happens oh, in yeah. the series. 
And I was like, I wonder what way that's going to go. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I don't know if we're skipping ahead now. Well, no, we're not really. I think it's yeah. around here that we, we refer to this already where um, you have to descend people down on a, essentially a suicide mission to release the divers, the, uh. the water. Actually, this is a funny thing. Not funny thing. There is nothing funny in, in this show. No, no. But I, I heard this on the the post-show podcast. Because I think this is a really good example. Because we, we might get into this later about like stuff, facts versus yeah. fiction in the show. And it, of course, it's common in any movie or TV show to like add things for dramatic effect. Yeah, yeah. And it's things like making one character a composite of a hundred and stuff. There's certain things that are a bit more questionable, like the yeah. stuff with the helicopter crash and all that. So that did happen, but not in that way you're on that day not on it happened weeks later and it was the hit uh crane line or something was it i'm not sure exactly i know it had nothing got to do with the the radiation, the, the radiation yeah. or even like i don't think they were even over the reactor it could have been just like it's a turbine in the helicopter fail or something like yeah, yeah. I it was to hit a cable or something or maybe yeah that's what i read anyway we'd weighed a point like it is heavily implied in the show though it went into a radiation cloud lost and the radiation just destroyed all yeah, the electronics the, yeah. yeah but anyway sorry so to go back to the divers this is changed in the show and yeah. loses dramatic effect oh, okay yeah and it was just a technical concern so as you could see what happened like oh, they lose yeah. so the, the divers and it's a great ending to, to that episode where their flashlights just all go out yeah it's it's the scariest moment it's so i've ever good. seen on a tv show and, and then in the next episode they end up they have the the wind, the wind up torches and so we can see them moving but in reality once they actually lost power in their flashlights they had nothing that was it so they done everything in the dark that's incredible uh, so they actually had to kind of go for they had to go into the water more so to follow pipe so as they knew where they were going there was pipes they had to hold the pipes yeah Holy shit. So it's so so the reality was actually so much worse, but in the show they're like, well, the audience we has to, to see. be able to see yeah. what happens. I think it's interesting to point out that that like sometimes yeah, change stuff for dramatic effect, but often you actually have to lose dramatic value just yeah. because the limitations you have of, to see. of the medium. Yeah. That was just an incredible moment in that like that whole sequence of yeah. them looking for the volunteers and then the guys stand up and volunteer and then when they're going in the first thing i thought you probably thought the same thing uh same with when they're getting the all the people to do like even 90 seconds to clear the oh, roof yeah. same thing i thought again that had to be done for a dramatic effect because i thought there was no way any of them were ever given a geiger counter <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think that before. right i just thought there's no way you would have handed any of those guys a geiger counter because how fucking freaked out would you be if you're yeah, going in there? Like, true. I hadn't even thought of that. I was like, "There's no way." Like, um, now, maybe maybe they were, but thinking about the Soviet Union and how they applied people with shit, or did, like, like the nuclear power plant didn't have any decent, yeah, uh, yeah. Geiger counters for the workers. The whole the whole thing of like, oh yeah, it's only three point six. No, your counters only go up to three. <laughs> Is just mental. And, uh, what? <laughs> I didn't think that, but what I actually did think and what I thought you were going to say is there's the scene where uh, Gorbatov, where they're telling, aren't they in the bunker and they tell him that they need to send people down. Oh, yeah. And he like looks down at his palms and he's, and like they're explaining to him that 
they're sending people to, yeah they're asking for his permission to kill people basically and he asks how many will it cost how many lives will it cost and they yeah. say three and he like makes the decision yeah whereas my thought was like he he, he would have never he would have never asked how many lives he would have just oh. been like I, I thought i i think he'd have been just like I, I don't think he'd have wanted to send them down but i think he'd have just been like okay if you have to do it do what you have to do i don't think yeah. he'd have questioned how many lives it cost yeah, yeah. once it was solved yeah Maybe and, that's unfair. I don't know. And what did they say for the whole like clearing the roof? Then the nine, um, we're given ninety seconds each. There was like what was it, twelve hundred men or twelve thousand? I think tr- I think three thousand. I think three thousand two hundred sticks in my mind. Yeah, because he was sh- your man was shaking the hands of all the last ones. The general guy who was yeah. working with Valerie and uh, Boris, um, guy who came in to like bring in the robots and stuff. Um, he was shaking all their hands. And they're the last ones in. And all I can think is, well, whatever the number is, like, say it's 3,000. I was like, well, all those 3,000 people died. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And so just in case people haven't watched the series and are just listening to this because it's about Chernobyl, uh, these are the, the men that were sent up to uh, oh, yeah. throw the graphite back into the reactor. Off the roof. Because a robot went up and it crapped out because there's too much radiation. <laughs> yeah. And because they lied to the Germans about. Oh, that was. Oh, I forgot about that. So they it, gave them the propaganda number yeah. of what the radiation was. All, all their robots failed, so they had to send. They had one in Germany that could withstand whatever number of rads or whatever. Yeah, but it couldn't withstand what was actually up there. They just because they didn't tell the Germans what the real number was. Which is like they, so they knew that this failed. Remember. Now the worst part about that that they don't, and I don't know why they left this out of the show. But when that when that robot first stopped working, yeah, they thought it uh, got stuck in the graphite this is also so this before they sent the people up to clear the graphite so they actually sent three people up there to remove the graphite from underneath so they actually touched it with their own they had to manually lift the robot off it yeah so they definitely dead wow if not dead like maybe it took a whatever like they definitely suffered in the years after the the fireman who picked up the graphite and would go through his hand in like seconds yeah like they they're worst like best case scenario there is they're they end up like him like you know, yeah well they might have had more protected they at least would have been given protection of some sort but yeah, yeah it yeah. just wouldn't have been enough not if the if the robot can't move because of it but yeah, yeah i found it weird that they left that out um but so but but so that lie directly had a direct cost like yeah, that cost lives that yeah. that lie because they sent people up to that and it was because of that then that they decided we're gonna have to like I, I think it was because maybe that was it because of how it affected those three guys. That's how they came to like the ninety seconds. Yeah, because uh, essentially what that the the reason they had like ninety seconds was that was you, you, your exposure to radiation is cumulative. Is that the word? Cumulative. Yeah, cu- cumulative. That I'll just splice you in. <laughs> saying that. Um, like so, so people that work in in nuclear power stations or on like i guess making like on submarines anything that uses nuclear energy have like an amount they can be exposed to in a year yeah yeah once you hit that quota you you don't work for the rest of the year yeah that's it Uh, because over a lifetime you you can only take a certain amount i this is a this is a fact i I was hoping i'd get an opportunity to bring up in Mm -hmm. this episode which is what a lot of people don't know is um huge majority if not most airline pilots and staff over a lifetime are working for um 
for an airline, they spend so much time higher up in the atmosphere. They're closer to solar radiation. Mm. And most of them get cancers as a direct result. I did know that. But I knew it because you told me that like months back for some reason. Oh, yeah. I don't know how it came uh, up. But. And I, when I found that, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I kind of, that is mad. It instantly made me want to fly less. <laughs> and um, unintentionally, I haven't flown that much in the last like two years. But still, like from when I found that out, I just hap- I think I've maybe had like five flights or say six flights like since... Uh, where like probably the year before I had like ten flights, you know. <laughs> yeah, but how many? How how many flights? Yeah, yeah. but they say oh, there was some statistic. It's not quite as like if you were to fly for however many hours, it's like an, an X ray or something, you know, this kind of thing. Right. And so, however many hours you spend in the air, it's like getting an X ray. And if you get more than this many X rays in your lifetime, you've been irradiated essentially <laughs> and it was just uh-huh. and then it was you know, like the man hours that a f- pilot or an air steward does is <laughs> just like 10 times over the amount i love the fact that guaranteed there's a lot of people listening to you say that who are currently on a plane yeah <laughs> downloaded some podcasts Realizing they're, for the journey they're getting or, a, like, we, slowly irradiated uh, we uh, somebody listened to the show that's a pilot or and it's saying bullshit <laughs> that was actually yeah, false yeah. Well, but, uh, yeah well it's the same like most um hopefully no pilot is listening to it while he's in the air yeah but a huge amount of mm, a lot of the astronauts who went to the moon because they went through radiation belt mm. a lot of them got like bone and marrow cancer and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. um even though it's thought like it's one of those facts that's supposed to back up that like they didn't fake the moon landing and all this kind of stuff because the like they just took a risk against the radiation. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have the right shielding, and but it's like yeah because but they just got it radiated. <laughs> they didn't. What, what, that have the entire, yeah, like I mean everything they done on that journey was a risk. Yeah, like for all they knew when they landed on the moon, it would crumble before before them. Like yeah, they thought that it was potential that it was just a crust and they'd fall through it. Yeah. Yeah, so like that it was of, hollow shell. Of course, it went through a radiation belt. They were yeah. like mad bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so their ninth. I, I believe that ninety seconds was their uh, lifetime exposure. Wow. Um, or a safe because, like, I mean, does that mean like like that everybody that went on that roof could never fly again? Well, they wouldn't <laughs> have known that at the time. Yeah. But and you're all infertile because, so, um, like, people even so, like maybe that 90 seconds that they experienced there didn't kill them but it, it it exposed them to their lifetime's worth of radiation so every scan they had later in life or every yeah, other mile yeah. yeah like if they had like you know three bananas in one day they went a <laughs> tiny bit oh you know yeah yeah uh, <laughs> just, just you, you happen to like you get a job and if like a fruit factory processing bananas you're dead <laughs> yeah. <Sorry>. like yeah because <laughs> like, like every we every human body naturally emits like very 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 small amounts of radiation yeah. so you know technically you because you're married and sleep beside somebody every night you're exposed to more radiation than i am because <laughs> yeah. i'm like single and lonely <laughs> but you know so does that mean if you're exposed to the 90s that 90 seconds does that mean like oh you can't can't sleep beside anybody yeah, yeah like what is that is it, it's just like literally one like one rad above yeah, that yeah. you're dead like that's how you would find the line is. yeah yeah um, now yeah I, I would be interested to know how and i should have looked up how find the line actually is because obviously yeah. that's all but we're we're joking but you know you're you are exposed to a lot of radiation from like 
from x-rays and stuff so yeah. or like you know that's the thing like and like really like people got cancer thyroid cancer went up with, with people that lived around that yeah like then you get cancer and then you go you have radiation treatment you've already been exposed to your lifetimes work yeah. radiation what the what happens then i'm not yeah. a doctor i don't know how this stuff works but yeah it scares me um we're exposed daily to more radiation now than ever through our electromagnetic fields and all sorts of shit so yeah do you know how how much more no do you no no oh, i thought you were I, gonna say because i've got a figure for that no, 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 no. <laughs> i didn't even think to yeah yeah i i didn't even know if that was a fact that we i always assume yeah, yeah. we were exposed to more I, I assume we have to be with the the guys that uh, cleaned up the graphite from the roof as well you know what the, did the did they mention in the show what they were called no they called them bio robots oh yes he did say it yeah. he did okay which like, <laughs> is valerie goes bio robots oh yes yeah he does use bio robots <laughs> yeah but, like so, so good did he just coin that term or is that like already a theory like what he said because he said it when he said it and i forgot he'd actually said it until you mentioned it yeah. but i remember being like oh what's a bio robot yeah yeah <laughs> I was like, interesting when he said it i was like huh because oh. he said it like yeah, it yeah. was this thing that he, yeah. he had experience with but it was like he suddenly went by jove i've got it yeah. got it. it was almost presented that way but um he's one of my favorite actors so i love jared harris he's brilliant um what most people don't know is he's um what's his name son harris and um, i know who you're talking about it's not ed harris um <laughs> Dumbledore he was Dumbledore yeah, yeah, first. Richard Richard Harris is his oh, but I didn't know that I didn't know that That's I, he... I really wanted him to play young Dumbledore in the Fantastic Beasts movies but they got Jude Law instead because to me I thought it would be a nice nod for him yeah, yeah. But, uh, and if you look at pictures of Richard Harris when he's younger like Ed Harris looks exactly like him or sorry Jared, Jared. Harris looks exactly like him I suppose he, he is probably a bit too old too for old, the yeah. period that they were doing yeah, yeah. but I could have de-aged him a little if they, if they were setting it later they should have it should have gotten him to play him. Maybe they will do that though. Maybe like a if if they're gonna do one set in but like somewhere in, in the middle. Like set in the like seventies or something, yeah, he'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Which actually would be better. I'd rather see like what with what they were doing in the seventies. It's a time period you wouldn't really see wizards. Know, like the twenties, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well the twenties like every like fan like like all the HP Lovecraft stuff. It's all set yeah, around that yeah. period. I'm used to seeing like magic in that time. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's either like Middle Ages set in the 20s or modern. You want to see wizards fighting with afros. Yeah, exactly. Coming yeah, out in like yeah. disco. At like, like Woodstock flares. and stuff. And, and you know, surprisingly, J.K. Rowling with her like sort of attitude on Twitter, you'd think she'd be up for it too. Like, it wouldn't just be yeah. like a bunch of white British people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I haven't actually seen the idea of like so. Jimi Hendrix is actually a wizard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like when he's playing, like it's magical energies coming up and flare, going through the. See that the people, actually the makes spell, sense, you know? Like yeah, like all the people that like the thought they were tripping balls on acid. It was just like Hendrix. It's just do, his doing magic. His, his music magic. Someone argued that oh, Hendrix sorry. like was magical. Anyway, yeah, that was a weird tangent. <laughs> to go but, back to just quickly to the divers too, because I forgot. To yeah, yes, the the worst part about that is that subsequent uh, analysts found that the tanks were already mostly empty, so they, their actual mission was pointless. Pretty much pointless. Oh, because the tanks were full? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, the, like, um, the, the, the water had already kind of been released. Actually, I, I read it was suggested that the water was still actually cooling. Oh, okay. A yeah. little, so like it, it might have actually 
been of less benefit to empty it in the end. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if that's true at all. Yeah, because I know the whole of... I can't remember the character's name, but the lady who was the 100 scientists in one prison. Mm. Um, Elena. Or Elena, yeah. Elena. Her, she says it would be like whatever megaton nuke going off and stuff. And I was like, that's just not true. But <laughs> that, yeah. That was bullshit. Um, it's a steam explosion. It would be a huge steam. Yeah. It would be a massive explosion and it would spread more radiation out. But it wasn't going to be, it totally wasn't a thermal nuclear um, explosion. Yeah. yeah. It would be a thermal radiation explosion. Exactly, yeah. Um, so it wasn't like there was, but she kind of implied like it would just explode like a big mushroom cloud, like a nuke being dropped. But that's not what that's would happen. Not at true. All. And there's some pro. So like, reactors aren't nuclear bombs. They kind no. of uh, so so that's wrong. But if that was true, it wouldn't be the the. Well, I can't remember what they said. It was like five, whether it was twenty megaton or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But if it like so, if it was like a nuclear bomb, it wouldn't actually be as powerful as they said it would. Yeah. And even if it was as powerful as it said it would. It would not have had the reach, like they say. They said uh, it would reach like five hundred miles. And yeah, direction. like they said it would wipe out Minsk. Yeah, yeah. which just it, well, and I, out of curiosity, I went on. We we used it for our live show, the nuclear map. Oh yeah, uh, and I went on and I I dropped like the Tsar Bomba, the biggest nuke the Soviets tested. Yeah. yeah, and it didn't reach anywhere near where they said yeah, it was. It was <laughs> I, there's a there's a globe beside me, and I'm looking at Chernobyl on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see Moscow, but I don't see Minsk. But even like the difference between, say, Chernobyl and Moscow is the size of Ireland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Probably more. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty far. Now, the thing with that is, of course, like, and, and there's a lot of stuff in this show where, yeah, we're jumping ahead to like fact versus reality. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Said. fact versus fiction. Um, but there is a lot of stuff stated in the show that just really isn't true or at least not maybe not stated but heavily yeah. implied like they they really heavily imply that radiation sickness is contagious in it or at least i felt like they did that yeah like just the whole thing of yeah not to touch the people and all mm. that kind of stuff but it's more it's there's radiation in your clothes and all yeah. that kind of stuff is what it is so by the time so there's later on where there's a fireman and his wife is sitting in with them yeah and it's not like he's irradiating her at that no, point. No, yeah, yeah. Because you'd have to be... He, like, it's gone through him. Like, yeah. the damage is done. Once, like, the particles are off you, yeah. everybody else should be safe. Yeah. It's already affected you. You're already, it's, the same as any, it's the same as, like, any poisoning. Like, Yeah, you've been... But the whole point is, yeah, all his, all their clothes and stuff. So all the, that, nurse, all yeah. the nurses who dragged who took all the fireman's clothes and put them in the basement in the hospital. Yeah. They've all now got radiation poisoning as well. Yeah, and those clothes are radioactive. Yeah, yeah. Um, or would be... And uh, there's probably a potential amount in your hands for a bit, but I don't think it's quite... Because flesh is so porous to radiation. Yeah, and not, that's why why they needed to, like, kill the animals and stuff, because they would yeah. be carrying the particles, not so much that them being sick was going to spread it. Yeah. Which I feel like the show doesn't make that clear, but the defense would be everything they say is technically true because it's what people thought at the time. Yeah. So it's accurate in that, well, they didn't really know what they were dealing with. So like you had people treating burns with milk, thinking that like, you know, yeah, yeah. like old wives tales and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of, it is. They're treating it like a burn, like yeah, a fire. Yeah. But it's, it's not a burn. It's, but would milk, does milk affect any 
I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but but obviously that was obviously Craig Mason heard that story that they and that was something that in this commute this community they heard somebody yeah, the, say the, that the this, older doctor was treating them with milk. Yeah. But, but he's still um, sitting in the eradicated clothes. So he's continuing. He's, yeah. he's sitting there still being burnt. Yeah. And the person uh, treating him is being, being exposed. Burnt. And he's just like putting milk on his wounds. Yeah. I was just like, no, no, you need to get all that radiation off him. But so my point or so was, yeah, it doesn't, they probably did think that at the time. So it's, it's an accurate depiction of what people were like, even hurt like that, the stuff with the bomb like, being a nuclear bomb. It's yeah. not true. But I'm sure there was scientists saying that at the time, so it's accurate to depict them saying it. She might have actually said that she, in that meeting. Yeah, yeah, you know I mean? yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she could just have been wrong. Yeah. So that's fine. But I feel like the show never tells us that. And I think that when you're doing a show about a disaster like this, based on a, a power source we still use, that is better for the environment than almost any other power source. Yeah. I think you kind of have a responsibility to remind people that like just because they said this at the time doesn't mean it's true. Because I feel like a lot of people watching the show now think that radiation poison is contagious. Yeah. That a nuclear reactor is it's just a nuclear bomb. You know, Yeah. more people will die this year from fossil fuels than yeah, yeah. have ever died as a result of nuclear energy like the pollution from from burning fossil fuels kills around seven million people a year yeah it's way worse. The, the two don't compare you even think like there's so much focus on uh on chernobyl because of, of the death toll there and of course there should be like it's this horrendous tragedy yeah but people forget that like well every coal mining accident you've ever read like that coal was being extracted to burn for fuel so every coal mining accident you've ever read about is is worse is worse yeah the, the, the biggest coal mining accident kills like something like on on the actual day it happened killed like 500 people or something yeah. you know do you, do you remember we our older podcast oh, for yeah. listeners well we we did um we did news stories from different days um it's a complicated concept, but uh, yesterday's um, news today it was called. We every yeah. week we just went through what was making the what, news. What was that, news that day? hundred years earlier, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Um, so yeah, what was in the news that week? hundred years earlier. Uh, so every week it was a new week and a new year. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, nearly every episode I found a coal mining disaster <laughs> yeah. to go over. Yeah, and, th- that was like the recurrent joke. Every episode I'd end up with a cannibal story and you'd end up with a coal mining disaster. Yeah, yeah. And it, like truly like just by scrolling through archive newspapers, we just come across these stories and that's how we did that podcast. And it was so at least once a year there was a coal mining disaster, but it was like 10, 20 times a year actually because yeah, I was taking a different week every year exactly yeah. found the fact that you could land we were picking a different year and just the week it will happen to land on yeah you'd find one that like yeah. that's crazy yeah whereas like there's... which essentially meant there was one a week for 30 years yeah <laughs> we got up to like 1933 i think yeah so and yeah pretty much like there was time like you didn't bring everyone to the table because you were like i can't talk about it like what's the i said that in one episode about, like, you were, i was like well i found another coming disaster but i can't talk about another one because yeah, they all it. are the exact same They're yeah like, uh, a lot of people die yeah, yeah whereas like so i i can't remember the, what they actually the scale is but after chernobyl they made a, a scale of categories of nuclear disasters the the highest being like seven 
Yeah. And there's only been two. Yeah. And that, and that, so that's not in terms of death toll, but just in seriousness, potential. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas, like, if to have a similar scale for uh, coal mining accidents, I'd like to see, like, how yeah. many sevens there are. Well, even, I, I, I noticed that there was the statistic at the end of in the last episode and it tells you the facts of the people affected by radiation mm-hmm. yeah and there's this whole big deal of the coal miners who are digging the tunnel underneath to reinforce the whole cooling system for the, to stop the meltdown and everything and they it's the whole thing they work without protection and then they're too warm so they work naked and all this kind of stuff and then at the end it's like oh the life expect like very few of them lived past the age of 40 and I was kind of reading that going yeah, but that was probably every coal miner. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not necessarily effect. Exactly. That's not necessarily because they worked at Chernobyl. Yeah. Yeah, like there's... Okay, a, maybe maybe the average lifespan of every coal miner at the time period was 45, and because those guys worked in Chernobyl, it was 40. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I'd be very surprised if it, it, that week or that one month of work affected their lifespan as much as their lifetime working in a coal mine. Yeah, no, that's a very fair point. Uh, and like you even hear about like the the cancer rate of like ESB workers is a little bit higher than my my oh. wife's dad used to work for ESB oh, yeah, yeah. and he's retired now but uh, so sorry that's, that's our electric company yeah. in Ireland they maintain all the power lines and stuff and um, there's just from an outside perspective like I I know to a lot of funerals of people he worked with. My no. dad worked in the. I was going to say your dad is the same. Yeah. Now do you say it's like yeah, geez. but I think my dad's just very old timey and feels like he needs to go to every funeral. That, that's, anyway, that's my father in law's the same because you're spending your time next to. Though those conspiracy guys did it on their Monsanto episode. There was this, just this chemical Monsanto built that's like an insulation in loads of junction boxes. Okay, and it's basically like Agent Orange. <laughs> pretty much there's like like it's really really toxic um and it's all over the world and these so that it could be that it could be the being exposed like you were exposed to radiation when you're dealing with the electro i assume like being up the towers and so is it just the energy there's electrons yeah i assume not like it, it can't be good for you you know yeah yeah being around that raw energy buzzing through the air and stuff and like just even like you like peat breeding in the smoke and stuff like yeah, the lung cancer the, the fossil fuel end of yeah it. okay we're gonna hit the pause button there for a minute just so as uh, i can go and make a coffee and we can try and pay some bills by uh making you listen to about a minute's worth of ads depending on where you are in the world but we got loads more to talk about and we'll be right back how we got onto that was how though we were oh we're just comparing however uh, how just working in the energy field is dangerous i guess but when you actually break them down like nuclear energy doesn't seem to kill anywhere near as many people <laughs> in no. fact if 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 operated properly yeah it should be completely safe like like all the all the like the recurring thing you see see when you when you read about nuclear disasters it's all like human error cutting corners yeah but when you read about like coal mining accidents, well, that's just because it's the nature of the beast. It's the nature, yeah. Um, like it, usually, where the human error and cutting corners come from are rescue efforts. Yeah, and it's usually the owners work out that it's cheaper to not rescue the workers or this kind of <coughs> like that. Yeah, was yeah. usually the, the shit. Like, 
Um, if, if you're mining coal and an earthquake happens, like... Yeah. What? No, I say You're badly. running a nuclear power plant and an earthquake happens. Yeah. It's, um, what's this? Y- Yukushima. Fukushima. Fukushima. Yeah. As, Yukushima. Fukushima. As I was saying that, I was like, oh, this is a terrible comparison. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you look at that disaster, so much of that was exaggerated too. Yeah. Or was it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, that's, that, that's what, like, I suppose that gets into the next thing of, like, the propaganda machine of, like, the official death toll numbers and all that kind of stuff. So, like, the state claims that only 31 people died as a result of Chernobyl. Yeah. Um, where estimates are so varied because it's really hard to test. And even, like, the hundreds of thousands of soldiers who were kill- brought in to do stuff like kill the dogs and yeah, clear yeah. the soil and trees and stuff. The, uh, the liquidators, they yeah, called them. There's no... They just didn't even follow up with those, them. So there's no record. Yeah. So... They all might have all died of thyroid cancer five years later, but nobody ever bothered to see if that was the case, you know, <laughs> and that was hundreds of thousands of soldiers or conscripted young men. And yeah, stuff. yeah. So it estimates somewhere between, what is it, 4,000 and 90,000 or something? Yeah, it depends on, like, there's different studies. Um, yeah. But yeah, the official numbers, they don't take a lot into account. Like the, the, the people we see on in the yeah. episode on the bridge watching the fire. Yeah. They, they don't take anything into account from... Because a, a huge number of them are dead. I think the show oh, says... They said it was death, it's called Death Bridge or something Yes, like that. yes, Death That's Bridge. That's crazy. Because I think they were, they were exposed... To, they would have been exposed to 500 Rotkins. Yeah. And, I, and 750 is a lethal... Like 750 is what will kill you. Yeah. So uh, obviously it affected a lot of them. I think at the end of the episode it might say that all of them... All of them died. But I... I can't, and again, like, whatever their source for that information, like, they obviously got that somewhere, but I just couldn't find out if that was true or not. And then the amazing thing is the three divers are... Two of them. Two of them are alive. One of them, I looked it up, one of them died um, in, like, 2005 from a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And a heart attack wouldn't be related to... Uh, Like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Very lucky. Uh, Uh, The coal miners, uh, a lot, yeah, like you were saying... A lot of them are dead, but which? What coal miners are alive today? None. There are no coal miners alive in the world today, in any country, anywhere. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I was shocked when I saw that numbers that that were shown at the end of the last episode, which that the official one was 31. Um, Because I saw a documentary years ago, and I think it was BBC or Channel 4, and it was done from the whole perspective. I've talked about it before. It was where we're saying the whole idea is that actually nuclear energy is the cleanest energy mm. in terms of how much waste it produces for the energy you get out of it. And if you look at it as compared to fossil fuel, wind, solar, any of the kind of like the actual cost of energy to the environment and the amount of waste you get is very small. Yeah, I think the, the only thing cleaner is wind. Yeah. There's a I saw the scale and it it's like wind, then a little bit ahead of it is nuclear, and yeah. then everything else is just mild. Like even even uh, hydro power yeah, yeah. is isn't anywhere near as clean as nuclear. No, no. And uh, I watched this whole documentary about it, and the whole uh, I remember very clearly. I've watched it years ago, but it was called "What the Green Movement Got Wrong." Oh yes, yeah. And it was all about this perspective that 
had the whole, you know, because there's this whole thing of like in the 60s and 70s, people like placarding outside nuclear power plants that mm. they're like, you're, 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 you're going to give us all three legs. And yeah, yeah. You're going to kill us all. Bob Marley singing about yeah, it. And yeah, yeah, and all those kind of. And now, technically, he down. actually said, have no fear of atomic energy. Yeah. So, um, but the whole point is like, there's that whole movement actually worked and slowed the progress of nuclear development, reduced funding in it. Plus, yeah. okay, obviously, like, uh, big oil and stuff were involved in it as well because they, they were losing out on money and stuff. Yeah. Um, but that it's like trying to get nuclear power plants built became a huge blockade. In the public reception, it's a bad thing. So people protested against planning permission to build plants and all that kind of stuff. That had we embraced it in like the 60s, 70s, we would have, we would be completely fossil fuel free by now. Mm. Um, except for maybe cars. But we wouldn't be producing any electricity with fossil fuels. And we'd be living in a much cleaner world. And it would give us, and the whole thing was that nuclear energy isn't the solution. It's the best temporary option till we find yeah, a yeah. better solution and it still is but now but the problem is there's very little f- what is the biggest problem is there's very little foresight given to what to do with the radioactive waste yeah which is where it ends up buried in salt mines that i was talking about and yeah like that. so that's a huge problem but the thing i was amazed at is in that documentary they went did a little chapter on chernobyl and the presenter gave all these numbers and statistics and stuff of this but now i know they were all the propaganda machine numbers <laughs> so i find that a bit suspicious because um, right. he said only 31 people were killed yeah and, uh, and then there's a weird thing of like you've you'll remember it as much as me but in the 90s as a kid oh sellafield no oh. all the um it's like you always get like charity stuff comes in your door like leaflets and pamphlets oh and yeah. it was always about like the children of chernobyl yeah it was yeah. this huge thing and so uh, me as a kid I always thought that basically like every child born in Russia had like one eye and half a leg yeah when I when I was a child like that was the perception yeah yeah and, and that's how it was treated where and it was, it was actually, like it was like a hundred kids or something but like also it was, it was more it, it, that those charities needed to exist but it was because of like deplaced families and stuff people that yeah, no longer yeah. had a home because like people were evacuated and told to bring enough clothes for three days and then did never oh, yeah, return. It was like a quarter, what is it, a quarter million people or like yeah. 300,000 something like that were so like it, evacuated. That, it's more like a refugee crisis than like them all being, like what we thought that we're all like. Yeah, it was sold as they've all been poisoned by radiation. Now there was, like there, there is issues like a lot of, even till this day, like children being born where they just like are, don't grow hair and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there is certainly like health problems. And there's higher rates of cancer and stuff, mm. but it's not... But there's all this like photographs and video footage of these hospitals full of these disfigured children and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, that's one unit in one hospital. Yeah. Where the perception is that's every hospital or every town but, has that. It, it, you know, it was always exaggerated is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's terrible, but it was always They're exaggerated. They're just not being honest with what the problem actually is, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also with that, like, you were always, like, bombarded with footage of Chernobyl and, like, it looking, like, it looks, and, like, people talking about how it looked like a, a post-apocalyptic landscape and all this. And yeah. the implication was that that was almost like that was destruction from the meltdown. Yeah. Where it's like, well, no, that's what, just that's what a place looks like when you leave it to rot for 30 years, you Yeah, know? it's overgrown with vegetation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's buildings all caving in and I think a lot of people see that and 
I think, yeah. I think well, maybe not anymore, but I think at least I did when I was a kid. I thought that like everywhere caught fire, like yeah, yeah, like like a nuke went off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just like the perception of it is very different to what actually happened. Yeah, and the thousands of people were killed by the radiation, not thirty-one. <laughs> like that's <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> And like, and and with the cancer as well, like it, it's thyroid cancer was the huge increase. But thyroid yeah. cancer, this sounds like I'm fucking dismissing thyroid cancer. Now, but <laughs> yeah. it's like it, it it's really serious. But ninety nine percent of the cases are treat. It's it's one of the most treatable. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to cut that out because just so that sounds like ah thyroid cancer. <laughs> <not. laughs> yeah. um, I guess like in in some senses, it's it's weird, right? Because like. At the time when that was happening, they weren't releasing any information. They were just no. out, down and just outright lying about yeah. what was happening. Then it all came out. And then in the years that followed... It's exaggerated then. The, yeah, the reverse happens. It's interesting. Yeah, so it's like it's like they were like, uh, this disaster is a three when it was a five. And... Now and then later on, the person was that was a 10. Yeah, and yeah. it was like, Well, no, it was a five. Um, yeah, and it was a terrible disaster. It's going to affect generations of people and families and crops and animals. Yeah. And still, they still to this day, there's uh, like they check milk from cows for radiation, and it has to be like there's milk farmers who, um, because the cows consume such a huge surface yeah, area yeah. of grass that their milk is more radioactive than other cows, so they have to like just throw out whole batches. Of yeah, milk yeah. Um, Actually, pretty... Stellan on the the Chernobyl podcast, like they, they have some audio clips of Stellan Skarsgård. Oh yeah, just talk it like I just on set, like somebody just recording it on a Zoom of him telling story because, and we talked about this on the podcast. It's Sweden yeah. actually got a lot of the fallout from yeah. yeah. Cause, just they were so close and the way the wind was facing he was telling that he was just telling that story about growing up and how you'd have to they'd have to check the milk and stuff that's mad um, the Geiger counter like, yeah, yeah. the uh, it's just really interesting to hear an actor from the show talk and about it. he knows like, uh, that's mad and it's yeah it's crazy I've heard stories I've, I haven't seen any facts but I've heard stories of how there were farmers in America who claimed like within say six months of disaster that it affected their livestock and stuff right um i heard it on another podcast somebody mentioned it that could have been american propaganda and i (laughs) oh yeah and i was like i don't know if that's true now i don't think it could spread that far but definitely like all of europe saw a higher level of radiation in every day yeah everything than it would have had otherwise you know it, it 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 spread way further than just like the surrounding areas but what yeah, is it yeah. the the 12,000 kilometer exclusion zone yeah it's further than ukraine and um belarus <laughs> so it's important. for sure uh would you go visit no <laughs> you won't go visit chernobyl i i would and i wouldn't i don't know i'd love to see it but i don't know if it's worth it <laughs> i'm very surprised i thought you'd have been yeah yeah Oh, I'll cancel those flights, so... Oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, I was hoping, like, so... Did, um... We, we could start a GoFundMe to go over there. Oh, yeah. Did you watch that video I sent you, know? The... The porn? 
<laughs> no, the the guy the guy who explains Chernobyl. Oh yes, yeah. But yeah. there's loads of stuff they don't go into it, which is the elephant's foot. Oh, maybe I. No, so the, it's one. at the end of the video he goes oh, okay. into. There's this thing called the elephant's foot, which is basically the melted core and the lava. Okay. And it's in this basement room where it's it's still warm, like now. Fine. Uh, it's warmer than ambient air temperature now. Right. Where it started out half the temperature of the sun. Okay. <laughs> um, and Jesus. As it, yeah. Uh, and it's cooled down and it's still slightly wick- liquid and it's the sludge of all the metal elements and it's called um, corium because it's everything, all the surrounding metals and minerals um, have just become this like melted molten lava and it looks... But now it's got this kind of greyish uh, colour and it go. It looks like it's kind of got like a skin on top of it that's all wrinkly and it looks like an elephant's skin. So it's called the elephant's right. foot. That's, it um, sounds almost like Doomsday in Superman comic books where it just it's absorbing yeah. the el- the power of the elements around them. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where the idea came from. And it's, um, so it's just this, like room that's flooded it looks like it's flooded with like almost like dull mercury wow and that's basically what's left of the core and the a photographer went down and took a picture of it in uh i think like 1990 balls on that lad and he was he went in took the photograph and left and he died a week later like, that oh was it he was God. done did he know the risks like i don't did- know but, uh, that's ins- that's where uh, where if you were to go into that room now, if you were there for more than an hour, you'd receive a lethal dose. But he was there for like seconds, right? In but you could actually like so you, thirty years so ago, you could go in there now and get you, the photo, and you'd be fine. Yeah, but an hour is yeah, the, an hour is a lethal dose. So would you want to stay? No, you much won't longer stay, than a yeah, minute. Like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, you're still going to get a dose of radiation. Like if you go. And so when did, did they say like, what's the time frame before that's just absolutely safe? Not absolutely safe. Um, but... Well, yeah. So if it was, if it was whatever, say 10 seconds, 30 years ago, and it's an hour now, like keep going that yeah, way in yeah. that direction. In another 30 years, it'd it be does two get hours, to a point I where guess. it just plateaus and because it, it seems like, that might be the case with Chernobyl itself. Like, it's kind of been at the same level now for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Like, they only recently built a new housing unit. The, over the in yeah, like 2007 yeah. 2007 or 8, I think they built. New housing unit around the... Yeah. Or, sorry, no, more recent, like 2012. Yeah, I think they started building it, like, in the late 90s, but I think it was only completed, like, recently. You know? See, the thing, it was probably completed in, like, 2008, but just to move it over, the old one probably took a few years in itself. Yeah, because they built one and it had started to develop cracks in it. So they started yeah. building a new one again. Um, yeah. And that was only finished a couple of years ago. And, and build- if you look at it on Google Maps, you can see it. Oh, I never um, even thought I looked at it on Google Maps last night and it's it looks really funny, right? Um, you're going to laugh at this, but it's a big, shiny silver building, right? Yeah. And when you look at the picture of Chernobyl on Google Maps, the whole area looks overexposed. <laughs> so it looks like it's glowing from radiation. Wow. But it's just the reflection of the light. I thought you were going to say it looks like a penis or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's mad about that too, like, so that ha- that had to be built on site. Yeah. Like, so people working on that could only work on for like three hours a day and shit. 
Yeah, like, and recently. Yeah. And recently, because it was only, because, like, literally, is B-side the reactor? And they were just yeah. going to push it over it. Yeah. And the thing is, and that one uh, is going to last 100 years. Then I'll have to build it again. Yeah, like, it's only guaranteed for 100 years. At yeah. what point does, like, history start to forget what it's covering? I know. Like, in, in like, a thousand years, yeah. whoever inherits the art after us, are they just like, this is just a custom, right? Like, why, why do we, why every yeah, well, hundred years do we build this thing to push over? That's oh, a great concept for a novel, <laughs> Johnny. That's amazing. Why do we, like, oh, that's a great concept for a novel is you build it up and they don't know why they do it. And then you reveal at the end that it's Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Copyright, oh, Johnny. It's like the, it's, <laughs> yeah, like, it's that's almost like an M. Night Shyamalan film where yeah. that's the twist at the end. Yeah. It was Chernobyl all along. <laughs> it's like Planet of the Apes, but with the... Uh, melted down nuclear power plant um it's it's a bonkers it's it's one of those things that makes uh, have we talked about this before i don't know if we have or not that so say we have a disaster tomorrow that wipes out like 90 percent of the population Mm -hmm. whatever an asteroid or a virus or something um and then that 10% of people are living, you know, off the land in remote areas. What happens to all the nuclear power plants around the world? There's like 500 of them around the world. If they're unmanned, do they eventually melt down? That's and did a- they all become Chernobyl? And then uh, those remaining 10%, are they all just killed by radiation? Yeah, yeah. Like a, in the Tana snap. Yeah, yeah. So, like any anything that causes the majority of people who maintain the power plants to just be gone yeah yeah how long before they all melt down do they have to be maintained forever i I haven't a clue but i really want to know now i I wish i'd thought about that actually go in that that's i meant to say that's just an episode in itself but that's i think that should be an episode oh did you say that sorry yeah no i'm saying now all right i think so Okay, so that's an episode in the future. It'll require yeah. a lot of research, so don't expect it anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you go to Chernobyl? I'd really like to. I wouldn't now because I have a bad feeling that it's just going to become a tourist attraction. Apparently now it's a real like, Instagram thing. It's like Instagram tourism. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah so that's why I would have a few years ago. I'd have, I always kind of thought it yeah. would be interesting. I really like abandoned places of any sort, so... yeah where i keep the bodies but (laughs) yeah no i I wouldn't now just become for that reason like what you just said or if i went now i'd like wouldn't even bring a camera yeah just because i wouldn't want to be that person but yeah it's still i don't know i think it'd be cool i'm very surprised you wouldn't go i really thought that would have been i'd love to go but now i'm afraid as i've read up more about it right Um, don't you just like drink loads of vodka and then you're safe isn't that beer is maybe better is that true i I think we we said that it is but a very small yeah i think we said it on the live show but it was more for comedic purposes because the audience were all drinking sometimes we say stuff and i as a joke and i confuse them whether whether it was a real fact or not there's there's facts and there was these earlier there's facts and and reality and reality (laughs) like alternative facts yeah I don't want to cause another tangent, but do you think that uh, in our current world of fake news, that Chernobyl was very topical? You did just remind me of something that's not even an answer to that question, but sorry. So what do you mean? So I think that like we're living in this 
world now of like fake news nobody yeah. knows whether to trust the facts or anything and is it an alternate version of what happened in the soviet union you know like that kind of way of they were almost the opposite end of where they believed everything okay and everybody and even if when people knew it was fake they still said it was the truth because you didn't want to be the person who said it wasn't yeah yeah and now we're kind of the other way around of where we question everything we question everything but then there is also is all lots of alternative facts as you put it you know? yeah well so do you think that if there's are we going down that same route in society again but now it's a global scale rather than one like nation or but you are but are you saying that it'd be the opposite so let's say like what is the american one three mile island you know is that in oh yeah uh, no i just mean generally in society that like this the way society like society is depicted in the series that like everybody just accepts everything as truth yeah, yeah. where yeah we're kind of going into this weird thing of nobody accepts anything but, as truth, yeah so. and that's what i'm getting at where it's like so so let's say tomorrow uh there's a meltdown on oh, sorry, yeah, island yeah. and they get under control after a few weeks and they say 31 people died do you think yeah. everybody's like clearly more people died yeah yeah exactly. automatically true. nobody yeah. believes it i, yeah, I think yeah. that's definitely true because like if if there's like you take mass shootings or anything now yeah yeah within minutes there's a, a it's false fake. flag yeah it's fake somehow within like an hour of the shooting somebody's yeah. produced a three-hour video on why it was a false <laughs> yeah, flag yeah. Like, wait what how, how, how would you do that that's, not <laughs> um, that's a bit of an exaggeration but yeah, like that's how quickly people are to uh, call everything out now yeah, yeah which you know has its uh pros and cons but uh, with, with Chernobyl as well, I feel like maybe people even outside of the Soviet Union would question a lot of like, like would, would even question our version of the story if, say, it came from the Americans. You yeah. know, I think a lot because the Cold War was going on. I think a lot of people, well, actually, even now, maybe a lot of people think that you know the Americans covered up stuff too. But like, not none of the. None of the official stories that came out of Chernobyl had anything got to do with the Americans. Like, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, files the Ukrainian government released and stuff that yeah, kind of yeah. gave us the true details. But this is what I was getting to earlier, what you reminded me of. Have you heard anything from, like, Russia's response to the series? No. They claim it's American yeah. propaganda. Oh, Okay. They're now on whatever Russian's national TV station, their version of RTE, yeah. they're now making their own version uh, of yeah. the show that's going to show the truth. Oh, wow. The current claim is yeah. that it wasn't an accident. It was actually sabotaged by, by yeah. an American, a CIA <laughs> agent that was working in Chernobyl. That's hilarious. Which I find amazing because, like, how come you're only saying that now? <laughs> like 30 years after yeah, the yeah. fact. Like, Would I've, you start with that? Like, I've never heard that claim But before. then they'd have to admit that they missed the spy coming. Like, it's mm. a weird kind of thing of like, what what way do you take your pride? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, yeah. It's kind of... Well, so, I'll tell you, I can't wait until the Russian version. That'd be great. Because as well, like, you know it's just going to be cheap as muck. Like. But I love the idea of, like, in the opposite ways, like, yes, I am American. <laughs> I am American spy. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, just... Yeah. Like, that's brilliant. Where all the others are speaking Russian. Do you, do you think they'll... He's like, yeehaw! <laughs> will they try and get, like, one American, American actor? actor? Yeah, probably. They'll get some, like, C-list American actor who's desperate for a paycheck... 
Or I can they'll get like the, Dean Cain or somebody like that. Or like get somebody that's kind of... I, I think they'd get some... Dean Cain's actually a good choice. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'd say they'll get somebody who uh, used to be huge, would be big in Russia and has kind of defected from... Do you remember, like somebody like Steven Seagal? Yeah, or somebody yeah, yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Somebody who's shown... I don't know if he's shown like anti-American like... Or like... Uh, what's his... One of the crazy actors like... Uh, oh, what's his name? Who's the guy for the villain from Lethal Weapon? Gary Busey. Yeah. Somebody yes. like that. <laughs> Some like guy that was huge once and is just a bit crazy now. Yeah. That'd be good. And like they actually convince him that this is what happened. <laughs> yeah. So then all the press stuff, he's like, this really happened, man. I'm telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like Dennis Rodman or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> just because his relations with North Korea, I don't know why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um,. <laughs> So I think that's. Is there any more to say about it? We probably should have finished when we, uh, whatever we. I can't remember. We, that we was should a really good point to end there. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, so find us on social media, all yeah, that kind of stuff. We're at Disaster Artists on pretty much everything. We'll yeah. leave a link for the Discord and YouTube. And yeah, hit us up on Discord. You can actually talk to me and Johnny. Yes, yeah. uh, I had a few plugs I was meant to do earlier, and we kind of just—I kind of just forgot. And I—I I don't think they were important. Oh no, there was one important one that uh, T Public, oh yeah, which is the store we use to uh, sell our merch that nobody really buys, but it's up there anyway. Have finally added uh, front and back printing. Ah, uh, cool. So we had two T-shirts on T Public. We had the normal Disaster Artists our logo. Yeah. And we had the Acolytes of Apocalypse, which is kind of like our... It's our, it's our motorcycle in, uh, club. <laughs> Enthusiasts. <laughs> um, uh, society. Yeah. I was about to say the word fan club, but that's uh, that's it's not really that. But listen to an old episode. Yeah. I think we, we created it on the Green Room episode. But to uh, long-time listeners, you know what we're talking about. So anyway, so I've combined those t-shirts... So it's now, oh. rather than, you know, because the Acolytes logo, it's meant to be like a biker patch, so it doesn't make sense to have it on the front. Yeah. So now you can get the t-shirt <laughs> that has Disaster Artists on the front and the patch on the back. Yeah. So you can both uh, support the show and incite fear into rival gangs at the same time. Um, yeah. Just so, don't ever print it on a leather jacket and you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there's not an actual patch available, so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we, we had another site with a front and back printed t-shirt but they were just way too expensive so um t-public's much better uh and that's pretty much the only plug i think next up might be something a little a little more uh simple and fun yeah uh fukushima (laughs) 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 Uh, i think that's a perfect place to end it (laughs) 